Now, for the information of all hands. Welcome to Episode 5 of the 1MC. Today, we are talking to Lieutenant Commander Scott McBride, Chief of Media Relations, and Mr. John Ledoux, Chief of Digital Media on Social Media and Public Affairs. Thank you, Chief. I appreciate it. Very excited to have uh, Mr. Ledoux and, and Commander McBride here, uh, two experts in their field. And uh, it, this is kind of a growing field, you, you know, the opportunity to connect with folks through digital and, and social media. It's just uh, amazing. And, and uh, I think everybody in the Coast Guard is going to have to do this at some point. So I'm glad all of you that are listening today, thank you. I think this is going to be super helpful. We've got uh, two, two recognized experts in their field. So the first thing I'm going to do, uh, Mr. Ledoux, if you would talk a little bit about the Coast Guard social media platforms. I know we have like a Coast Guard Facebook account, and then I've got one, the Commandant's got one, and and then how Instagram and Facebook kind of work together. How do we use social media to communicate with not just our workforce, but outside the workforce? Absolutely. So it's a great opportunity that the Coast Guard has to leverage the social media platforms to engage with uh, no shortage of different audiences. So currently, the main platforms that the Coast Guard is using as far as an enterprise-wide solution is uh, Facebook and Twitter, Instagram. We also have a Flickr account and then the YouTube as well. So those are primarily the accounts that we're using for the enterprise. And then as you mentioned, uh, we're fortunate to be able to leverage those platforms for the senior leaders as well. Um, And so really, it's kind of evolved as social media has evolved. And and I think you've seen this with other organizations and branches of military where it started out maybe with just Facebook and now it's expanded. So although those are the platforms we're using right now, we're continually evaluating, you know, the effectiveness of reaching the audiences, getting the messages out there. And, you know, so tomorrow it may be another platform. And it's really exciting to stay on the forefront of that and and see where, you know, what best ways we can reach our audience. That's awesome. It's a it's a great way for us to highlight the, the amazing work that our Coasties do, uh, our team Coast Guard. And, it, you know, it gives families an opportunity to see their 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 kids and their moms and dads and aunts and uncles. And, and it's a, a great way to, to really show off the, the amazing work that we do as a Coast Guard every single day. And then, you know, a lot of times that's picked up, the work we do through social media is picked up by news uh, agencies and, and, you know, various media platforms. Commander McBride, can you talk a little bit about what your office does with media relations? Great. Uh, thanks, Master Chief, uh, for having us on the show and, and give us an opportunity to share a little bit about uh, what we do and, and what we love. Um, so, yeah, so I'm the Chief of Media for the Coast Guard, which means I'm the official spokesperson uh, for the service. Uh, one thing I love about the job is that, you know, I get to tell the story and my team gets to tell the story of the Coast Guard. Uh, like you said, uh, there's a lot of great things that our coasties are doing out in the field, um, whether it's rescues or uh, doing great things in the community that they do put on social media. Um, that does generate into news because we don't operate in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Um, on the flip side, stuff that we do on social media can generate news in a, in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but there are a lot of great things that our service members are doing on a day-in, day, day basis. One of the things I'd like to talk about is um, be a storyteller. Right. I mean, we say that every Coast Guardsman or Coast Guard uh, Coastie is a is a spokesperson. So be a storyteller. You know, relate to your public by sharing something that's interesting about what you do. Mm-hmm. And I think when you do that, I think you're gonna you're gonna get re- people really interested in, in our service and 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 what you do uh, as a member of our service. So um, 
that's just my two cents on uh, kind of Coast Guard media relations and and how you can ha- get positive stories to the media. Yeah, I, I tell you, there's uh, you never know when that news crew is going to show up on your on the pier and want to talk to you. So you got to be ready all the time. Uh, we are in a 24-hour news cycle. It seems like uh, news is, you know, used to be something would happen, and you, you, as long as you could get to it before the six o'clock news show, you could kind of put your own take on it. But now it's a, it's immediate, and uh, and and it can go out on social media, it could go out on digital, you know, on on you know over the TV. So. Uh, all of you listening, you know, just remember, you never know when something big is going to happen and you're going to have a news crew. So uh, so be prepared for that. And I think you said a, a very important part there where he says you can tell what you what you know. So that I know that was one of the rules we said if you did it or you participated in it and talk about it. But if you didn't, you, you should let somebody else who did uh, talk about it. That's right. Um, it's funny because a lot of times you see it's not the senior people on the news. It's a lot of times it's the petty officers that are that are out there, you know, talking for the Coast Guard. So what you said was was very important. Is there any resource? Is there um, a place that folks can go to kind of get a little bit better? Does your office have like a, a, a portal page or a link or something like that? So anybody can go to the uh, the brand new published uh, external affairs manual that was published uh, back in May. OK. And a lot of times you can find really good guidance there. Uh, the other good resource is reach out to your local public affairs office, servicing public affairs office. Um, at the district? At the district level mm-hmm. uh, or the area level. So mm-hmm. those areas have lots of units. Mm-hmm. Um, reach out to them if you have any questions. Okay. Um, don't, you're not in it alone. And, uh, and there's a lot of experts out there that can assist you. And like you said, I mean, when it comes to public affairs philosophy, if you did it, you own it, you can talk about it. And uh, a lot of times, you know, my philosophy is, Nobody wants to hear the spokesperson. They want to hear the person that was there in the action, touching it, breathing it, experiencing it, because they tell the compelling story uh, Mm -hmm. versus the actual spokesperson who has no maybe background in that topic. So, uh, but again, um, our service members, if they got questions, reach out to your local servicing uh, district public affairs shop or area public affairs shop or headquarters, and they can steer you in the right direction to make sure that uh, you were in the channel and doing the right thing. Okay, good, good. That's that's awesome. The, yeah, and I recommend everybody kind of get it, take a look at the at the new. What was the name of the manual? Again? It's the external affairs. The, external manual. affairs manual. Is, is that part of the social media handbook? Is that uh, Mr. Ledoux? Is that included in the? So they're actually separate. Uh, The external affairs manual is more of like the official policy guidance. The social media handbook is is more of like uh, the interpretation of it and how you can apply it. So it's more like a easy to use guide on what social media means for for different audiences, whether, you know, it's the Coast Guard member himself or herself um, or whether it's for commands or things like that. So uh, the social media handbook has a lot of great information, but in in terms of like the actual policy guidance, that's the external affairs manual. Okay, so... You know, you never, like I said, you never know when that news crew is going to show up. You're going to have a real crazy case and somebody will, you know, the media will find out about it and show up and you want to be prepared for that. So take a look at that. Mr. Ledoux, can you talk a little bit about the social media handbook and what's in that uh, to help our folks, you know, use social media the correct way? Absolutely. So we're really excited about this one, uh, this version of the social media handbook. It's It's been about uh, six years since the last one. So a lot has changed in the social media environment and just the online landscape in general. The good thing about this handbook is that it really addresses each in audience as we see it in terms of social media policy or um, just relation to the for Team Coast Guard. So uh, if you're just an individual Coast Guard member, you know, who wants to know how to use social media or what the guidelines might be, 
or even just questions on social media platforms in general, we have answers for that in this handbook. If you are a CEO or a uh, you know, a leader, enlisted leader who would like to have information on how best to um, prepare service members for responsible use and to stay out of trouble and things like that, we have a section for that. And then uh, we even expand into the territory of how does the official social media policy for the Coast Guard affect retirees and auxiliarists and family members. So regardless of what audience you are with underneath the team Coast Guard, uh, this handbook kind of addresses the guidelines, recommendations, as well as just ways to effectively use each platform. So uh, back in the end of last year, we put out an all coast that kind of updated the social media policy in general. And what that really did is clearly define and reinforce uh, the different uses for, you know, online and social media activity. And I'm talking about unofficial, official, and then personal use. So those are the three, I guess, capacities in which, you know, whether you're a service member or a civilian, uh, in which you can use social media and understanding the nuances between those three and how best, um, I guess, to prepare yourself to use each one of them differently is, a, is probably the greatest tool in the handbook. And so a lot of great resources uh, for, for every audience out there. That's neat. So, you know, could you talk a little bit about the different platforms, uh, you know, between and I'm not good at this, but you know, you've got Instagram and, and Snapchat and, and Facebook, and uh, I know there's some others out there. Uh, I, I don't know what, what, if TikTok is, I don't know where they stand right now, but if you could, if you could talk a little bit about who can use what and, uh, and why, you know, I, I get this question a lot, hey, uh, you know, I'm stationed, you know, so-and-so, and, and I'd like to have a, uh, my own Instagram account, and we don't, Right now, you, there's a process for that, but we're not really like, can you talk about the amount of work that goes in and, and why we would allow some units to have certain platforms and other units not? Absolutely. So there's there's many reasons why uh, the platforms, I guess, I won't say authorized, but the intended use of a platform at what hierarchy you are in the Coast Guard uh, organization exists. And uh, that's kind of evolved since social media really kind of took off for the Coast Guard about the 2008 to 2012 timeframe. So currently, you know, obviously I mentioned the enterprise accounts, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Flickr, um, and uh, YouTube. So that's what we use at the enterprise accounts. And then you break it down to the areas and the districts and the Facebook, Instagram, Twitter authorized for those, those levels. And then at the unit level, we're really talking about just the Facebook platform. So the reason for that is uh, there's a lot that goes into managing an account and down to the district level, we have public affairs assets, trained communicators, um, trained by the Department of Defense and Homeland Security on how to manage a platform, how to engage with the publics and basically just keep it, you know, legit and on the up and up. Below the district level, you really are talking about an additional duty or collateral duty uh, representative who is now taking on that official uh, capacity as a official communicator on behalf of the Coast Guard. So managing that is a lot of responsibility on top of one's own, you know, additional duty, or I should say regular duties that they endure. So uh, making sure that we don't abandon platforms um, or we don't spread ourselves too thin, at, you know, down at the unit level, that's really where you get into trouble where, you know, People are looking at that account now as an official communication platform. So you might get messages on the inbox from potential recruits. You might get um, derogatory posts or comments on, you know, some of the threads that you've made on that platform. And if you're not monitoring, it, monitor, monitoring those, 
um, then it really can disparage um, the Coast Guard mm-hmm. brand and, and all the reputable information that's there. So those are some of the things we balance when we look at what those levels are. Now, if someone is at a unit and they think, oh, we really need a platform that's outside of our intended use policy, then we do have a waiver process to go through. And, and we review each and every one of those and, and basically determine, you know, what's your goals? What's your objectives? Who's your target audience? Is this platform right for those um, audiences and goals? And if all that makes sense still at the end of the day, then, you know, we'll go ahead and approve it. But that's kind of where we stand now with, with the different platforms. That's great. Commander? Yeah, what I was going to add, I, I agree wholeheartedly with Mr. Ledoux. I think... Um, Understand what your communications objective is. A lot of times we get so excited about, you know, some fancy new tool or communications uh, tactic that we can use because um, we see it, we see other organizations utilizing it or using it. Um, so I think understanding what your communications objective is and then how that's going to support the common strategic priorities. So, you know, sometimes you see a, a TikTok video or you see a, a Snapchat or an Instagram, you're like, I want that. And the question is why? Like, why do you need that? And how is that going to support your communications objective? And I think if you ask that self, if you ask yourself that question and answer that, then that will help determine. Then after talking to the district public affairs shop or headquarters, maybe we don't need this tool. Or yes, we actually do need this tool because mm-hmm. this is how it's going to support our priorities. Yeah, I, you know, I think a lot of times it's just for it's it's unit morale. Uh, so some, somebody says, hey, we want to you know put you know pictures up of the great stuff that we're doing or we want to but it's more but you know a lot of these platforms are more than that you have to like you said you have to monitor it watch what people are saying and then if people are asking you questions you don't want to just ignore it so i go to a unit and they say you know we 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 just want to instagram count for our for our morale you know just to show off the, the the stuff that we're doing and if it's going to be an official unit, then then there's a lot of rules and a lot of hoops that people have to jump through for that. And then you said there's also there's some unofficial pages out there. What are some some things that we can we should we should be careful for um, when we are engaging you know the unofficial pages? I know Coast Guard memes do a great job of of poking fun and having a little adding humor to uh, to what we do as an organization in terms of, you know, some of the monotony of the jobs and some of the kind of, kind of you know, stuff that maybe uh, that you can find humor in. Uh, uh, but there's a, and there's a lot of other unofficial pages out there. Um, but, you know, as a Coastie, we have to be careful sometimes because, you know, just because it's not an official page doesn't mean that we don't still have some responsibilities and how to, how to act. Can you talk a little bit about, about that? Absolutely. So the biggest and most important thing to remember is that it doesn't matter if you are engaging with a closed group, an open group, or, you know, something that says Coast Guard and, and then, you know, as part of the title, regardless of what that communication is, it's public. And so you have to think about it in those terms. And if you do that, then I think you're, you're on the right uh, approach to, to engaging safely and responsibly on social media. So regardless of what the affiliation of the group or, or page might be, uh, just remembering that it's public is the best thing you can do because you don't want to put something out there that is going to put yourself, your unit, or the Coast Guard in general in a bad light. And the reason why is because when you do that, you're putting uh, a lot of things in jeopardy. So uh, every time you potentially bring discredit upon the Coast Guard, you're actually hurting yourself, whether you or you're hurting the overall intention and, and the mission of the Coast Guard, because, you know, somebody might see a negative comment and 
So then that hurts recruiting or it might hurt funding or, uh, you know, legislators might see it or just the overall public opinion and support in general. So there's a lot of ways that you could feel comfortable engaging with one of those sites. But the most important thing you can do right off the bat is remember that it is public. So if you wouldn't say it in front of your grandmother, you wouldn't say it in front of your CO, in front of legal uh, or, or anyone else for that matter. If it doesn't check all those boxes, then you really shouldn't be posting it on the Internet. You know, one thing I'd like to add is that you know, it kind of goes back to the if you did it, you own it, you can talk about it. As long as you're within SAP, security, accuracy, policy, and propriety, um, I think the American public has gotten maybe complacent or comfortable with you get a source of information and that becomes gospel. So I don't have the full picture. I only have 10% of the story. And then you share that on said platform. And then next thing you know, the crowd starts backing it. And then it's all false information or maybe it's not 100% accurate. Um, so I, I think if our service members remember, you know, stay in your lane. If you did, you, you own it, you can talk about it. I remember a situation involving a, a social media account when I was at Area PAO, and uh, there was an investigation going on involving one of our cutters. Uh, there's a collision in the Panama Canal, and that image that I saw and, and only a handful of people saw got leaked to uh, a social media platform. And, uh, and, and they didn't know that that was an actual current image. They thought it was an old image. And, and, I, and I reached out to them, and they were very professional about it. Like, hey, we didn't know about this. Sorry. But, again, that's an example of people don't have the complete picture. And sometimes they may be sharing something. And then because people don't – sometimes they don't want to do the research, they post it on there, and then it just starts spreading. Yeah, I, I, uh, I know that – Within a department, there was a, a component of uh, within DHS that uh, had a uh, what the what the folks thought was a closed page, but there is no real such thing as a closed page because anybody can take a screenshot of something and then take it somewhere else. So uh, there's there's nothing nothing that gets posted on social media that that actually can stay you know completely private. The component leadership. And, and even DHS had to go to Capitol Hill to testify about the things that were said on this supposedly private page. And, and that's very uncomfortable for component leaders to try to go answer questions for something that happened on a page that they didn't even maybe even know about. And I guarantee you they didn't know about it because if they did, they probably would have stopped it, done something about it. So uh, I, I do think that uh, we, we have to be careful uh, very careful, and it's and it's forever, right? I mean, it's digital. So you, you know, if, if uh, I, I t sometimes people tell me, you know, hey, I, I you know, I want to be you one day, or I want to be the Mick Piper, I want to, you know, go to OCS one day, or I, if you if you say something because you feel a certain way right now, that you might next year you might feel completely different. You might something might happen, or maybe you were posting something and you didn't have all the information. Somebody calls you, educates you, and then you say, ah. Oh, Wish I hadn't posted that, but it, but it, but it's it can be forever. So definitely cannot overstate. And I'll, I'll pitch it back to you, Mr. Ledoux. I, I I definitely can't overstate just being careful um, about it. You know, I used to people used to say, hey, if if you're going to write an email that might that might you know cause some issues, sleep on it. You know, type it up, put it in your drafts, sleep on it. If you come in the next day and you feel exactly the same way, then you you might maybe can hit send, but. You know, oftentimes in social media, we just, you know, don't do that. Mr. Ledoux, any other further thoughts? Yeah, just a couple of follow-on thoughts there as we talk through this. And I think, you know, when it comes to the unofficial accounts, it's it's very tricky. And you mentioned, you know, the other organization under DHS that had to testify. 
So I believe I know which which incident you're referring to. And in that case, there were several, you know, leadership type position people in that organization that had liked a, a, a group or a page. And just that uh, in and of itself almost condoned in a way, being a member of that group as these things are posted almost condone in a way that activity or, or those messages. And it makes me think of a, uh, an axiom that I've learned coming up, you know, uh, through my career is that uh, the standard you walk by is the standard you accept. Mm-hmm. So there's multiple different pla- uh, platforms, pages, groups out there. Just be careful of which ones you follow um, because that shows if there are you know negative items or disparaging remarks in there, just your you know followership and activity and engagement with those sites could you know alienate you from you know lower members in your workforce. And then uh, secondly, you mentioned, you know, once it's out there, it's out there. You can take screenshots, and that's absolutely true. So I think so many times there's not thought, or before you hit the button to post or tweet or whatever it is, uh, and and in that case, you can't get it back. Like you mentioned, there's a book that I can think of uh, named Groundswell, and in it it says that uh, you can't hide something off the internet. That's like trying to get pee out of a pool. Mm-hmm. And if you, I mean, that's kind of a graphic illustration. But if you think about it that way, once it's out there, it's it's gone. There's no more containing it. And mm-hmm. so. It's really, really crucial that before you, you know, either whether it's engaging with one of these sites or before you put something out there, like I mentioned, that you wouldn't say in front of your family or your CEO, uh, just think through it. And as you mentioned, come back to it if you have to. Yeah. Talking about this kind of this, uh, the current state of media, um, you know, going through journalism school, they, they talked about it's about the bottom line. You know, how can we how can we get people to support our media organization? And, and I work with a lot of reputable uh, media sources, but unfortunately, there are some journalists um, that you know maybe they're going to be first to print without getting the full story. Just like what we were talking about earlier, it's it's no, it's not uncommon on the public side, mm-hmm. and and unfortunately, they take something, a snapshot of a, of an image that they saw on a social media page, mm-hmm. and then now it's out in the court of public opinion to let them decide. I, re- I remember they used to say that media was designed to tell, not to tell people how to think, but what to think about. But now you're starting to see a media where they're telling you how to think. And somebody puts something out there and, it, you know, good or bad, the public, the court of public opinion is now making a judgment on person X, which is really, uh, can be unfair. So I think, again, going back to Mr. Ledoux's point, you know, being smart about what you post. I, I like what you said there, uh, you know, what to think about, I, I tell you, there's. Social media is a is is an influencer. There we have uh, we have some some folks that are very creative. They're funny and they you know they they really are brilliant uh, at what they do uh, and they they influence you know they they serve as an influence and and that influence can go for good and and humor and we can laugh and and have a good time about it but it also can go for bad and then have you know really hurt the cause that we're trying to support you know I. Um, we, we are trying to create a very inclusive uh, Coast Guard, the most inclusive Coast Guard that we possibly can. And we really care about, about respect and, and making sure that uh, everybody feels valued. And, and when you, you know, so as, as, as you get out there and you see these influencers, we, we, we definitely want to reinforce the influence for good and the, and the, and the ability to, uh, uh, to communicate with the workforce the, what we're trying to accomplish. And, and that's a, you know, I, I, uh, I love to see funny stuff that is, does good. I think, I think sometimes people think they're doing good for the service. Um, but unfortunately, it ends up hurting the service. And, and we saw that during the shutdown. 
people were leaking documents to the press and then the press is calling me asking me for a comment so now now we're on our heels and we're unaware of what's going on and we're scrambling to come up with a response when when in true goodness the person was trying to do this out of the goodness of the heart they're like hey this is a good idea but somebody saw it and they said uh, this is not helpful sends it to the press and now we're answering for it so i think you know you know coast guards you know coasties should pause ask the question you know how is this going to be helpful to the organization um and you know and it, it is good i mean there needs to be constructive comments and, and criticism but you know use your chain of command and, and and have that dialogue but don't go right to the media and be like i have a problem and here here we go and we saw that during the shutdown which was very a very challenging political yeah uh, environment as you're aware of oh yeah i know and uh it was uh I, I agree with you. Sometimes people are doing it because they're trying to force a conversation or they're trying to, you know, they think they're doing good, but it, 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 it and it might force a conversation, but maybe it's not, it's not an informed conversation or it, it, it makes us have to, if you, you know, I have this whole thing, if you're explaining, you're losing, it, you know, and, and we'd like to be out in front with a, with a message. And I think everybody's trying to do the right thing. So uh, I agree with you. Mr. Ledoux, there's a documentary out there that I found fascinating. It was called The Social Dilemma. Anybody listening can see that. That is really interesting. It's not very long, but it is powerful. And it talked about, you know, as you, as you use digital platforms, as you use social media, the, the, the algorithms within uh, these platforms drive advertising to you. They also drive kind of comments. And, and you start to start to live in an echo chamber where you're just hearing kind of what you want to hear all the time. Uh, have you seen that? Do you know what I'm talking about? I've seen it. Yeah, yeah that's fascinating. Um, but I, I think that's the other thing, too, when, when you have to remember that as you use social media, it's a very controlled environment. The, 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 the platforms, the social media platforms, you know, tailor the content to what they think you want to hear. So um, that. I, I think we need to sometimes just take a pause and say, am I, am, you know, am I getting the full picture here? Yeah, that, I, re I remember watching that documentary and, and in journalism school, they talk about confirmation bias. And whenever I tell my friends, uh, when they're kind of critiquing media, I say, you know, look at the full spectrum of media. Don't just watch, you know, Fox News or MSNBC or CNN or Washington Post. Look at the full spectrum and see what they're saying. Because somewhere in the middle is the truth, is the accurate picture, mm -hmm. um, and uh, what ends up happening with you know, like in the social dilemma, um, we you know it was a thing that started off as a good thing, right? They wanted to tailor to the individual customers' mm -hmm. um, likes and dislikes, and I, mean, I remember thinking I mentioned something about DNA testing, and then the next thing, like all the Facebook things say DNA testing on my thing, so the, the machines are listening, and um, and what happens is it. It, it tailors the media to us. Right. So whatever my interests are. And then that's where you confirm the bias. And then, you know, you start saying, well, the media that I see says this, and this is what I believe in, therefore right. I'm right. And then that breaks down any constructive dialogue with a differing opinion. Right. And, uh, and I think we just need to be very careful with what we watch. Yeah. I, you know, I can add to that too. It, it certainly is an interesting documentary just from a personal perspective. And a lot of it is, is if I recall correctly, uh, focused on, you know, the commerce side of it. You know, how, uh, how your, your spending habits, your browsing history, all those things kind of tie into how we can get commerce in front of you. 
but that actually gives a great illustration of how you create a digital footprint with everything you do. And so, too, is your involvement as, as a member of Team Coast Guard. You know, everything you do paints a picture of, like you mentioned earlier, you know, you post something now and perhaps next year you feel differently. And, and so it, you got to be so careful, what, regardless of what platforms you use or what age you are or how long you've been in or what rate, you have to be so careful of the digital footprint because it's not just a digital footprint you're creating when you engage online. It's actually like a, dis, a digital trail right, of, yeah. of history. And so people, and I mean, we've seen that out in the press where people are, did things when they were younger or in their teens and now they're, you know, being scrutinized over it decades later sometimes. Right. right. So, so as we, you know, determine that, you know, as you look at something, it, you get to, you start seeing more and more of it. You know, I'm wondering if there's not some way that we can leverage social media to help our recruiting. You know, the, I wish the, the recruiting budget was a lot bigger than it is. It's not, but you know, perhaps there's ways that we can leverage our social media platforms to help recruiting command. Absolutely. I think that's a great point. And I mean, the, the Coast Guard recruiters do a great job, but it's, it's a difficult job that they're going against. I mean, they're competing against universities, other branches, mm-hmm. life situations. And I mean, they run the Go Coast Guard page and, and their own social media accounts. And yet we're still finding ourselves competing with that. So the good thing is, and as uh, Lieutenant Commander McBride mentioned earlier, is that uh, every Coast Guard member is a spokesperson. And so Coast Guard personnel are often, you know, in the best position to share the Coast Guard story. Or, and, you know, and we encourage them to do so because sharing that story and giving, you know, each person has a story, you know, unique to themselves, but sharing that story and giving those messages, those stories, wings, you know, traction to reach outside of just your own personal bubble that does so much to just tell the Coast Guard story and, and reach people that wouldn't normally be, you know, reached by recruiters or, or may, may not have yet, as well as just kind of expand the public trust and understanding of what the Coast Guard does. And those items in and of themselves, you know, are almost uh, beyond what a Coast Guard recruiting budget could be. Yeah, what I was going to say, there, there are not enough public affairs specialists in the Coast Guard to tell the Coast Guard story, as you know. And I think what Mr. Ledoux is saying is, um, you know, if you it's about relationships, right? When you when you meet somebody, you know, sometimes I find when you listen, um, they'll share information, and then you find that you know how can you relate to this person? And, uh, and a lot of times, the coasties that go for those Memorial Day events or those Veterans Day events, that's that's a free shot on goal. That's your opportunity to, to share the story. Whenever I go to the elementary schools, I talk about what does Veterans Day mean to me. Kids don't know what it means to be a public affairs specialist. But they know Alexander Hamilton because they've heard the musical. Mm-hmm. So I'll, that's how I relate. I'm like, do you know that we have the coolest founding father mm-hmm. of any services? And it's Alexander Hamilton. You might have heard of him because he's got a Broadway musical. Right. And they're like, oh, and then everyone gets excited. And then now you've got them kind of intrigued. Sure. Um, so I think from a very informal way, um, our service members can, you know, tell a story. You know, as you know, you know, what, what do you do in the service? Tell a compelling story. I did this and, and I worked with this team and, and it was amazing. We helped yeah. people. And people relate to storytelling, and, oh, and, yeah. and that's, I think that's good. One of my favorite, you know, when, in a more formal setting is when uh, the, the Alto Subarco story, the, 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 oh, yeah. the counter-narcotics bus. Oh, yeah. Well, here's a, here's a story where we had compelling imagery, and it showed a Coast Guard mission that was amazing. And then, you know, it, this makes the national news. It makes all the late-night talk shows. And then you got people who are like, you know, I wanted to be a Marine, but I didn't know Coast Guard 
did this really cool tactical right. stuff. Right. So that was kind of a huge win where you, you got to tell this cool story. And yeah. people were like, I had no idea the Coast Guard does this. So you know, that, that leads me. So we talked about official, unofficial, and personal. So folks can leverage their personal social media accounts uh, to, to also help highlight the Coast Guard. What about video? You know, I see, I go to some places, you know, I, I was out in D13 for a few years and the surfmen do a great job of like putting GoPros on their helmets and things like that. Is there, is there things that the units can do or folks can do to help uh, capture imagery for you or to help the, the, the media relations folks here at headquarters? Oh, definitely. I mean, we, we like to say if you don't have imagery of it, it didn't happen. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, that's, imagery is part of the storytelling. They say a picture tells a thousand words. You know, if, you know, a lot of times you can talk about what we do in the Coast Guard, but if the person can't relate because they don't know, they can't visualize what's actually mm -hmm. happening, but when they see that surfman go over the bar and they see like the waves crashing yep. and the exhilarating they see all of that that's how they relate and getting that imagery collecting that imagery number one because anybody can collect it you can you know iphones are amazing these days right. or samsung galaxy or whatever right you know collect that imagery and then you don't have to process it send it to your local district you know servicing public affairs shop and let them put that out on divids and then divids is how it gets out to the media so Divids, that's D-V-I-D-S. DividsHub.net. DividsHub.net. And uh, I tell you, the, the uh, I, I apologize to all the storekeepers out there if you get a, uh, a run on, uh, you know, requests for, for uh, GoPros. But anyway, you know, it's, uh, it is a great way to tell a story. And, and you know, if we want to get something on the news, you kind of have to have imagery. You kind of have to have uh, That's right. uh, some, you know, some sort of video or something that they can show. That's a great way that units can help. It's unlikely that they would need a, a, a an individual unit would need a like an Instagram or anything other than Facebook. But, but you definitely can capture imagery and send that in, and then we can put that on the Coast Guard's uh, social media, and then you'll get not just your unit, you'll get the whole Coast Guard looking at it and everybody that follows the Coast Guard. That's right. I don't know if you recall from Hurricane Florence, there was a great video of a rescue swimmer going down to this pickup truck. That, it was a road that looked like a river because of the storm and the flooding. And he had a GoPro on his head. And, uh, and you know, we've worked very hard with CG711 to make sure that that waiver has been approved, which it has um, uh, for hurricane season. Because, you know, for somebody who doesn't know what a rescue swimmer does in a hurricane in Urban SAR, Seeing that per first person account from that GoPro, you you feel like you're there. You mm -hmm. feel like you are doing the rescue. So mm -hmm. I think, like you said, Master Chief, you know, imagery is compelling. It helps tell the story yeah. and it helps the public visualize what we're actually doing. Yeah. What's great, uh, going back to the divids, what's great about that, and as you mentioned, you know, you get that footage, you send it up to uh, your district or, or higher level public affairs entity, and they get it on divids. That's not just like snapshot in time. Divids is um, basically set up to automatically forward everything to the National Archives. So oh, you wow. might just be, you know, working on a cutter, you're not even public affairs, and yet that information, that, that medium, that visual medium that you've collected, you send up through public affairs, and it's made into the National Archives. You tag it right, you caption it, and you never know. That might come up 100 years from now when they're, when they're telling the Coast Guard story from back when. So it's really a cool opportunity to do that. That's neat. Is there any danger of posting your own videos, uh, you know, if you're at a unit and you have a Facebook page and you just, is, it, is that pretty safe? I, again, I think as long as you stay within security, accuracy, policy, and propriety, follow that guideline. If you don't know, talk to your servicing public affairs okay. shop. Um, 
one thing I want to harp on on Divids is um, they don't want polished products. They just want raw video. And the reason why is that news segment at night is going to show that 30-second clip of raw video, no music attached. They just want the video, and then they can use it. If you, if you know, say you've got a person in the field that produces this thing, media can't use it. So we always say, just capture the raw imagery, yeah. the raw video, and then that can get sent to media. And and like Mr. Ledoux said, it is a historical archive. So you're telling the Coast Guard history. We saw the Commander Smith uh, footage on NBC this past weekend, and uh, that's because people took photos. Yeah, and uh, yeah. they were able to tell that story. That's neat. Um, so. So me editing, sending it to music, and you know, don't, you don't need that. We don't need that. But we just I, want. But the I feel so video. accomplished when I can do that. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, so that's that's good. That's good. Well, hey, you know, there is such a, a an amazing power for good, and for for humor, and just a good just just to improve morale. A young person just joined the Coast Guard. They're out on their first SAR case, and they get some pictures and. We, you know, we get to, to put that up on social media, on Facebook, and then all their family get to see, you know, when I, I remember when I joined, we didn't have any of this. And, you know, my family never saw me do anything, you know, until, you know, way later in my career. So I want to compliment all, you know, the entire. So, so for those of you listening, Commander McBride and Mr. Ledoux work for uh, CG092. So that means uh, that's our, that's our, Governmental Public Public Affairs Affairs Office, and they do an absolutely amazing job. This is where my CG uh, comes from. This, you know, is run out of this office. And, you know, all the communications tools and and when the Commandant and I go to Capitol Hill, you know, I'll tell you, I was very sad, though. uh, The Commandant and I went to Capitol Hill uh, two weeks ago, and uh, uh, we heard from several Coast Guard members, well, the Coast Guard is a really well kept secret, and I was like, "No, we don't want to be a really well kept secret. We want to." So, uh, so we're 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 we need to continue to just keep working. We need everybody's help out there, uh, putting the co- you know telling the the good work of the Coast Guard and and telling some positive stories to to help um, you know showcase the Coast Guard story. Mr. Ledoux, I'd like to to get you to to, to share some advice, so maybe some good ideas, and and you know kind of. Tell folks that everything you'd want they should know about you, you know how to how to use social media properly and and tell the Coast Guard story as we wrap up here today. Sure, yeah. So everything you mentioned is is completely true in terms of share your story, get it out there. And if you're not comfortable creating your own content, then there's still ways that you can advocate for the Coast Guard and share that message. You can just go to any one of the senior leadership pages, you know, the MCPOG yeah. page, for example. And just engage there. So you, you don't have to post your own thing. You can just comment on another story that might be within, you know, your lane of experience. And you can do it that way. Another thing you can do is just share content. So if there's something that you're, you see on, you know, one of the enterprise accounts or the senior leader accounts that you're proud of, go ahead and share that and, and help that message, you know, gain traction. What I think is interesting is that, um, you know, on Facebook, I think as of this morning, we were at 100, or I'm sorry, 825,000 followers, Twitter 563,000, and Instagram 673,000. So wow. if you think about the numbers of just Team Coast Guard, you know, active duty, reserve, civilians, and family members, well, these numbers of our audience pages are well beyond that. So yeah. you're not engaging with just Coast Guard members. You are engaging with members of the media, the outside public. Uh, delegates, elected delegates, you know, so just engaging with our platforms is one easy way to help uh, tell the Coast Guard story. And I think just in terms of that, or in addition to that, I should say, 
if you are engaging and creating your own content, just stay within the lanes. You know, Lieutenant Commander McBride mentioned security, accuracy, propriety, and policy. So that's something to think about. I had the opportunity to uh, do a training on social media for uh, senior leader spouses of the Coast Guard recently. And, you know, we had all the normal bullets that you can find in our doctrine and in the handbook and things like that. And I said, I know you've really heard this stuff before. So what I really want to get through to you is two things. One, perception. Just think about what you're posting, how it can be perceived, not just for you and your friends who might think a joke is funny or, you know, something but think about the different audiences of where this is going to be and how is that going to perceived, be perceived. So if you can think about that, and then the second thing is just complacency. So as you're engaging with the enterprise accounts or creating your own uh, social media content, just don't get complacent because you know what the rules are. Just don't get too comfortable um, because it's, it's not like an egregious, intentional thing when we see people kind of, you know, uh, run into the wrong lane. It's just where they maybe didn't perceive how their content might be uh, looked at and they got a little bit complacent. So those are the two main things I would say, uh, you know, go out there, tell your story, but just make sure you consider the perception and, yeah. and don't get complacent. Yeah, that's great. That's great advice. Uh, you know, I uh, I have a, a, a saying that I, I tell people, people think that the, the MCPOG is a five foot nine bald headed guy. And it's uh, no, the MCPOG is really a five foot four brown haired woman because she does, uh, Chief uh, Crystal and Neen does, uh, you know, all, all, all my communications. And, uh, you, you know, she does such a, a wonderful job of, of highlighting leadership and highlighting the, all the amazing work that we're doing. And she has, a, she has a remarkable ability to recognize our folks, especially during affinity months and special recognition opportunities. Uh, you know, she leverages our Master Chief Patterson, the Coast Guard uh, social media accounts to, to do really great work. And, and I know I get, uh, I get sometimes a letter from a parent or something that, that, that says, hey, thank you for highlighting my child's great work in the Coast Guard. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I, I was, yes, of course I did. You know, it's wonderful, but it's really Chief Neen. So uh, I want to publicly use this opportunity to thank Chief Neen. And, and Commander McBride, any, any more closing thoughts about media relations? Yeah, the only thing I was going to say is, you know, do you have a Coast Guard elevator pitch? You know, that 30-second elevator pitch. Good. Because, uh, you know, you just never know who you're going to run into on the street that may be an influencer. And you may be the only person that person interacts with that knows anything about the Coast Guard. And they may be that person. I love the story about the, the Coastie that was in Iceland. Yes. That uh, just just being a kind person, yes. you know, and loving their neighbor and uh, bought a meal for somebody who happens to be the senior person in the country. Right. So I think if Coast, Coasties do Coastie things and we've got that elevator speech, we're all proud to be in the service. Right. You know, just show that joy, show that pride. Uh, and you never know, that person may be the person that, you know, is an influencer and helps get that story out to the world. That's right. That's right. You never know. And, and I'll tell you, that's the beauty of the Coast Guard is people are doing fantastic things at all levels of the organization. And, and uh, being able to have that, you know, what do you do in the Coast Guard, uh, that is a, that's a great, a great thing to have in your back pocket just in case somebody comes up and, and asks you about it. You never know. You absolutely never know. Yes, sir. I think uh, just if I could just throw a couple things here on at the end to, to address all of that, um, regardless of whether you're public affairs or not, or if you're engaging with the media or social media, there is a platform, a training platform out there that people can go to, and it's called DINFOS Pavilion. 
Thinfos is the defense information school, and it is the joint component school where all professional communicators of the military go to, uh, including the Coast Guard. And so um, you go to the Thinfos Pavilion, and it has tips on how to engage with the media, how to build a social media plan, how to stay safe on social media, the difference between misinformation and disinformation, all those kind of topics. So that's a great training resource. And that leads me into the second one, which is specific to the Coast Guard. Uh, we do have the uscg.mil slash social media where you can find other, I guess, relevant or Coast Guard specific policies, such as the External Affairs Manual we talked about, uh, which is Commandant Instruct Instruction M5700.13A, so, uh, as well as the Social Media Handbook. So whether, whether you're, you know, savvy with social media or engaging with the media or whether you're just interested in it or you just want to stay safe, there's so many resources out there. So definitely encourage everyone to promote the Coast Guard story. And if you have questions, go check out those training resources. And if you don't know, ask. Right? Yeah. I mean, a lot of times, you know, public affairs specialists can come up with great ideas. But the individual Coastie, they, they're very creative. Right. And, uh, and they may have ideas that maybe the public affairs staff hasn't thought about. So oh, ask. There's a lot of creativity out there, I'll tell you. But hey, uh, both of you, thank you very much for all your hard work. You know, uh, getting people, uh, you know, making people aware of the Coast Guard uh, is is key to recruiting. It's key to helping us get a better, a better budget. It's key to helping us get the, the tools and, and what we need to, to do our mission. And the way, you know, I think you all do so much to help tell the Coast Guard's positive story and, uh, and all the great work we do. Um, thank you both very much for all the hard work. And, and you're, you're both, you both are very creative in your own right. Master Chief, yeah. right back at you, to yeah, be honest. There's, there's so many senior leaders that are still uh, afraid to engage in this medium. And, and here you are with this podcast, The 1MC, which, is, which has been great. And we're already seeing the analytics going up. So that means people are looking to you for you know, guidance and topics on, on work, workforce-related issues. Yeah. So kudos to you for well, thank you for your active social media presence. Yeah. Thank you. I think I, I'm going to try to get, uh, you know, we've got this tech revolution coming, and I think social media and our, and our use of social media platforms and media relations is a, is a part of that tech revolution. So we might, might talk about some of the cool uh, techni technology improvements that we're making in the Coast Guard uh, upcoming. But thank you. Thank you both very much. Thank you. Thank you.